0: What's up, everybody? This is episode 78 of the Everything Medicare Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time listening, my name is Christian Brindle. And every single week, I bring you a podcast where I discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And every so often, I'll bring you an episode where I specifically talk about just the healthcare industry as a whole as far as regular health insurance, um but things that also can impact people on Medicare. And today, I have a very, very, very interesting topic to, to share with you. Um, if this is your first time ever listening to me or one of my episodes, I own a company called Christian Brindle Insurance Services that's located just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, where I was born and raised. That company has been located in Florida in the past, and um, And we do business with people in Utah, Florida, Idaho, and basically what we do is we contract with all of the major insurance companies in the industry. And specifically, we specialize in Medicare programs because it's an ever changing, very complicated industry and it takes up so much of our focus, so much of our time. And we work with people, we go through people's options based on their specific needs, preferences, et cetera, et cetera, and we find them the best available fit based on what they specifically need. And, you know, Medicare is not a one-size-fits-all situation, folks. And um, I was—I grew up around the insurance industry. My dad was one of the first people in Utah. He wasn't the first, but he was one of the very early-on people in Utah that was working with people on Medicare in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, he really pioneered the industry in a lot of ways, especially locally here in Utah. And I just have so much respect for my dad. I grew up around the industry um, I came in, and he was my first mentor, first teacher, and I still so I still learn a lot from him to this day. Um, today, folks, we're, I'm gonna I'm I've always been incredibly transparent with you, very very honest. Um, I've had no problem telling you anything that I might find relevant about my personal life to you. A lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people want to remain private, but I don't care because I'm a very real, authentic, genuine person, I like to believe, and I don't really don't have any interest in keeping anything secret or secretive because, let's face it, in today's world, with social media, with the internet, with so much access and so much connection we have to each other, think about this, us doing this podcast... Probably wouldn't have been able to be in a possibility the way it is now ten years ago we would not be able to touch each other and reach out and connect with each other the way I do with you every single week ten years ago because of innovation because of the internet progressing the way it is and it's it it's not perfect and you could make the argument that you know it's a bad thing it's a good thing whatever but I think what we can all agree upon is it has connected us and made us more um Closer to one another than we ever have been before. So, I don't really see the point in not being free and open about my life with you. You know, I, I talked about my daughter being born, my marriage, my wife, my business, my, my upbringing, um, my dad, my father's, my friends, my company. I'll tell you anything you want to know. I really don't care, I don't have anything to hide. I have always been of the belief, don't do anything you wouldn't want to share with a stranger. And the last couple of years, I have kind of been all over the place with how I've covered my family for health insurance. Now I have life insurance on myself, I have life insurance on my daughter, I have, you know, great car insurance. I have um I have very, very good um homeowners insurance. I'm just covered up the yin-yang. And, you know, if I wasn't, I'd kind of be a hypocrite in my opinion because I'm someone that is an insurance expert, an advocate, a guru, if you will. And so I'm I'm covered. I'm covered good, covered well. Starting very soon, I'm leaving traditional health insurance and getting on what's known as a cost-sharing plan. And I thought if it's good enough for me, I should talk to you all about it. Now, it, I'm not saying it's good for everybody, and I think for very few people actually, it's good for you. I think it's good for me because of my particular situation. I'll explain. I think 99 people out of 100 are better off with regular insurance than a cost-sharing plan. If you don't know what a cost-sharing plan, cost-sharing plans are plans that aren't insurance. They 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 mirror insurance. They act like insurance. But they're typically provided through religious organizations, most of the time Christian organizations, and um, they kind of fall outside the realms of insurance. They don't use insurance terminologies, like they refuse to use insurance terminologies. Instead of a deductible, they have a different phrase for it. Instead of a premium, they have a different phrase for it, and they don't even use the terminology insurance, and that's how they get around things. Um, I'll go into that more in a little bit. But basically, here's my predicament. Here's my situation. My company is not big enough yet to have group coverage. When we do, that's probably what we're going to do. But my company isn't big enough to have group coverage. My wife doesn't work. My wife stays home with her daughter. Kind of, you know, takes care of um, home life and everything like that. So that way I can be free to bring you podcasts and everything else I do and work with my clients and run my company. That's kind of our life. That's our structure at the moment. So... Basically, since we don't have options to have any kind of group coverage, okay, because the way group coverage works is when you're under 65, which I am, I'm not even 30 yet. My wife isn't 30 yet. For those of you who don't know too much about how old I am, and I'm going somewhere with this, okay, so bear with me. Since I don't have options to pick up a group plan, and the, and the attractive thing about a group plan for someone under the age of 65 that doesn't qualify for Medicare is the, the employer a lot of times will pay at least part of the premium. Sometimes they'll pay a lion's share of the premium, and you can get a plan that's usually better benefits for a lot cheaper than you could without the employer. That's the idea'll benefit. My opinion on the marketplace, because if you don't qualify for a group plan, which we don't, The only type of health insurance you can really get long-term is the marketplace, Obamacare plans, if you will. But you get them through the marketplace, through private insurance companies, but the marketplace is heavily involved. I have nothing good to say about the marketplace or that whole system or how it's set up. I do think there's some good things about it and there's some bad things about it, and I'm not going to get political about it. I just think the way that it's set up is it's not structured as good as it could be. Um, I do think that it solved a problem where, you know, insurance companies can't ask health questions anymore to people under 65 and everybody's able to pick up health insurance. That's great. But when the quality of the coverage is so crappy, what's the point of picking it up? And that's where I came to. I was in a situation where to get any kind of decent coverage, I was probably going to be looking at paying to cover myself my wife and my daughter. I was going to be looking at paying about 1300, 1200, 1100 somewhere in their dollars a month. The plan that I was particularly looking at picking up was about $800 a month in premium, but the coverage was god awful. You know, we had like an $8000 deductible to where we really had no coverage until that deductible's met and then after that we had like a $15000 maximum out of pocket for $800 a month. Okay. I mean, if you think about that, that's almost $10,000 a year in premium, and they don't pay anything until I've paid $8,000 out of my pocket. I believe in insurance. I believe in being covered. Now, you might say, oh, I have a family member that's on a marketplace plan. They pay like $10 a month. They have a subsidy if they pay less than what I'm talking about. You can qualify for subsidies with the marketplace. You can. And the subsidies can take off, depending on what subsidy you qualify for, a tremendous amount of premium. And even if you're, you know, let's say you're middle, middle of the rope as far as income, let's say you're middle class, you don't even necessarily be in poverty to get a subsidy. Um, I'm just too high. Okay. I don't qualify for any subsidies ...with the marketplace. So, I'm on my own. I'm paying the full premium. So, I can't get a plan for $100 a month, $200 a month, $50 a month like other people can that are able to get these subsidies. Okay? So, I made a decision. The reason why I made this decision is I thought it was the best option for us. And for most people, it's not because most people can get some kind of subsidy. Okay? Uh, and especially if you're on Medicare. I mean, doing this instead of getting on Medicare is just idiotic, so don't say I'm going there. If I was eligible for Medicare, I'd get on Medicare every day of the week. No question about it. But I'll explain what I did. I got on a cost-sharing plan okay, with a company called MediShare. MediShare is a Christian organization. For those of you who don't know, I'm a Christian. My family's Christian. We're not, you know... I'm not, like, super into it, we're not Bible thumpers or anything like that, but we go to church and, you know, we, we, we're a religious family, you know, I grew up in a religious family, so we're part of it. Cost-sharing plans, they and, you know, you got MediShare, you got Samaritan's Ministries, et cetera, et cetera. They're programs that basically give you, they, 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 they get a bunch of people that are part of a religion, okay? And people pay into it just like insurance. They pay what would be a premium, but they don't call it a premium. The way they fall outside of the qualifications of insurance is they don't use insurance terminology. They've kind of found a way around this. Um, And all these people come together. They pay a monthly bill, which would be a premium. And the the ministry, since it's a religious organization, I believe they don't pay any taxes. Um, You know, same way a church wouldn't pay any taxes— And they share in costs with everybody. Kind of, I mean, same thing as an insurance company, if you think about it, because that's how insurance companies do it too. You know, they collect premiums from everybody. And then, you know, if everybody had a a humongous claim at the same time, the insurance company would be screwed. But they bet on that. They know better than that. They calculate that. They research that to know what they can charge to avoid those things from happening and et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, um, cost-sharing plan I was able to get from MediShare, brought me down. Now with MetaShare and cost sharing organizations, you don't get subsidies. Okay? So if you qualify for any kind of subsidy, and usually if you're like under seventy thousand dollars a year in household income, you can qualify for a subsidy. A marketplace plan with a subsidy is gonna blow any cost sharing program out of the water. Okay? And I wanted but I wanted to talk with you about it so you know how they work. Because for some select people they may be helpful, especially if you're under 65. I don't think anybody that qualifies for Medicare should get one of these instead. It's just ridiculous. And I'll explain why, because they have a lot of limitations that regular insurance does not have. Stay with me into segment two, where I'm really going to jump down this wormhole with you after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so cost-sharing organizations. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the ones I know about. There's a couple of different ones. But the one I signed up for is MediShare, so let's start with MediShare. So I went from basically being able to pay $800 minimum, maybe, yeah, about that, in premium, to, with MediShare, I'm paying about $450 a month in premium to cover myself, my wife, my new daughter, my newborn daughter, two and a half month old baby girl. Okay, so obviously I'm taking, I'm paying half the premium. Now, if I was able, I'm, I cannot stress this enough. People are going to come back on me. I can just hear it now. They're going to say, "Christian Brindle said I should get a cost sharing plan instead of insurance." No, I'm not saying that. Listen to me. Make sure you're hearing me when I say this, because I, I, I have to hammer this home. I just have to do it, folks. Um, if you, this is only a solution for a very unique situation like mine. I think I have a very unique situation. If you qualify for a group plan, take that instead. It's going to be cheaper because the, insu- because the, the company you work for likely is going to be paying a ton of the premium. You're going to better get get a better plan and cost sharing plans have a lot of limitations that I'm going to touch on that insurance doesn't have. Okay. Number one, number two, if you're not eligible for a group plan and you qualify for a subsidy, you want to take that still because it's going to be better. Okay. So hear me out here. I'm just doing this episode so you can, so I can say I talked about it. And I thought it's something I should talk about and address because it's something I picked up for myself. But I wanted you to know why. I would always prefer to have regular insurance than something like this. Always. of the time. The reason I'm doing it is because, let's face it, the marketplace and that whole Obamacare thing is just ridiculous. And I don't have that many options as far as healthcare. And really very few people do, okay? I don't have many choices. If I had a better choice that was regular insurance, you better believe I would pick that up. Would I pay $100, $200 more a month to have regular insurance? Yes, But I don't want to pay $400 more a month, you see. Um, If I qualified for a subsidy, it'd be over. That's what I'd rather have. Okay? So, preference my comments. But anyway, with this MediShare plan, for mine particularly, what I get is I get basically what's equivalent to a max out of pocket for me and my family, which is about $5,500 a year. So basically, the plan will pay for close to nothing, for until I've paid $5,500 out of my pocket, I don't get doctor visits, nothing really. Now, there's limitations with cost sharing plans. Number one, you have to be and be able to prove that you are part of the religion that the organization does, you know, that, that, that the, whatever religious organization it is, you have to prove you're part of that religion. Okay? Now, Metashare does not, they didn't do this for me and I don't believe they do this at all, but they do have you sign a disclosure that says if they find out that you're not part of that religion, they can deny any claim. And they're not insurance. They don't fall under the insurance umbrella. They're not under insurance regulation. They have all the power. They're protected by freedom of religion um, in the Constitution. You don't want to mess around with that. Don't go signing up for something like that if you're not part of the religion, okay? You're screwing yourself. Because if you end up in the hospital, you have a $100,000 bill, they might do some digging on you. To check and see if you're really part of that religion. Other ones, like Samaritan's Ministries, from my understanding, they actually want the pastor of your church to fill out a form that says you're a member there and you go every Sunday before they'll even consider covering you. So, that's number one. Have to be part of the religion. Not everybody's part of a religion. And that's cool. That's fine, you know. I, I really am pretty easygoing, folks. I really don't care what people believe in. I don't care what religion you are, race you are, um, political ideals you have. I'm cool, you know. To each their own, you know. To each their own. But this is, this is something that exists for some people. So what do they do that insurance doesn't do, Okay. So they have a limit as far as how much they'll pay out. Most insurances don't. Some do, some don't. A lot of them don't. So they have a limit to how much claims they'll pay out in a year. I believe mine is about a million dollars in medical bills. Or per claim or something like that. So they have limitations there. This is the kicker. They don't cover prescription drugs at all. You're on your own. You have to get good Rx or something else like that. I don't take many drugs. My wife doesn't take many drugs. It works for now. That won't always be the case, I'm sure. So they don't cover prescriptions at all. They don't even give you a discount. Um, they don't cover preventative care. So no physicals. Um, really nothing like that. It doesn't go towards your, your whatever they... They call it a patient responsibility amount or something like that, or customer responsibility amount. It doesn't... Preventative care is really not covered or it's very limited to covered. This is the big thing, the next thing. They don't cover pre-existing conditions for 36 months, at least my program doesn't. So for the first three years, essentially, you don't pay, you're not covered for any pre-existing conditions. So like, if you're diabetic, you're not going to be covered for any diabetic-related activity for 36 months. And these people can ask health questions, and they do. I had to go through them. So I'll give you an example. Let's say... Let's say I have cancer and I sign up for this thing. Guess what? My chemotherapy not been covered for 36 months. You see why I say this is only for a certain situation? Insurance, health insurance, really any type of health insurance, you jump on it's going to pay for these things right away. It's going to pay for preventative care. At the very least, it's all going to go towards your max out of pocket. This won't. But the only reason why I did it was because it was a difference of $400 a month in premium. And I'm relatively healthy, my wife's relatively healthy, my, our, we have a healthy, happy baby, has no pre-existing conditions. Basically, what this will cover is new things, car accidents, new diseases, anything that pops up. Okay, So it protects us for cheaper, we're part of the, we're part of the religion, so it works, but it's not going to be as good as regular insurance. Now, if you're in a situation like mine, it might be something worth thinking about for you. If your situation is just like mine, but very few people have a situation like mine. Most people will either be, have access to a group plan. That's better for you. Most people will have access to you know, a marketplace plan where they can get a subsidy. That's better for you. Or most people will be eligible for Medicare, and that's better for you 100 times out of 100. Because Medicare, you paid into it your whole life. We've talked about it in nauseating detail on this podcast. But these are something you need to know about. These are something that exists. Cost-sharing plans. They're very strange, though. And they kind of hold all the cards. If they give them any reason to doubt you, they cannot pay. They're not bound to pay for things by the government like the insurance companies are. Because... You know, you have religious things being involved, religious aspects of it, where they have freedom to do all kinds of things. It's, you know, you always hear about, um, you know, religious cults and stuff like that getting away with things. And a lot of times they'll get away with, you know, things that a normal organization wouldn't get away from is because they're protected by the Freedom of Religion Act. And these programs are as well. So it's a very unique situation, but you probably have heard about it from somewhere, from a family member or something like that. This is how they work. Okay, so they have limitations on the coverage. Lots of limitations on the coverage. Really, the only reason why it would be beneficial is if it saves you a boatload of money every month in premium like it does me. And if you're relatively healthy, you don't go to the doctor much. Now, the reason why I picked it up is because if obviously I'm not a swami, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball, but it's going to protect me and my family for future upcoming events that I cannot see. We don't really have any pre-existing things, so it's not an issue. If we had pre-existing conditions, this would be a dumb idea for me, and I just want to get the regular insurance. But this is why I did this. It's going to fit our needs the way we need them for the moment because we have a unique situation. Now, if they improve situations with the marketplace and Obamacare, and there's better options available, and it's not thousand dollars a month for anything decent in premium i will obviously highly consider it and i'd always rather have regular insurance than anything else always and i'm always an advocate for that but i understand that people have unique situations and not every situation is the same stay with me into segment three Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us all the way to the end. Um, And I hope you found this episode beneficial. You know, a lot of people reach out to me about these programs because they're curious about them. And I wanted to make this episode, one, to explain why I did it for myself, and two, why I don't recommend it for anybody unless you have a very unique situation. And three, just so you know more about it. So you know it's out there, so you know more about it, and things like that. Um... It's an interesting thing. It's very, very interesting. And will I keep it forever? Probably not. I'd always rather have regular insurance. And as my company grows in size, as we get more employees and things like that, eventually we're going to be able to get a a group plan. So when we're able to get a group plan, I'm getting on the group plan, on my company's group plan. That probably will be the case in a year or so. But for now, just to get me through... And if I can save five grand a year in premium, hey, that's attractive to me. Because at the end of the day, I'm a numbers guy, you know, and I got to make the thing that makes the most sense to me financially, just like I want you to do. I practice what I preach and I want you to do what makes the most sense to you financially, for your situation, everything. So upcoming, today's Monday, upcoming, this coming Saturday, which will be August the 3rd, I will be uploading an episode of an interview that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to do the interview on Friday. The episode will become live on Saturday. So this coming Saturday, we'll have an episode coming where I'm interviewing a couple of guys that um, work together, that work with people on final expense, burial, life insurance. I'm going to be interviewing them. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot about, you know why it makes sense for someone on medicare or the type of person on medicare that could you know make use of something like that and we're gonna have a really good conversation um looking forward to it um these guys have a lot of influence and a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and they work with a lot of brokers and agents that do that type of insurance and so they've seen a lot and have a lot of experience and um their resumes impress me so they asked to collaborate with me and I thought it'd be good for everybody involved, especially, and more importantly than anything, I thought it'd be good for you, my audience. So that way you could kind of hear about something different. That's really not my area of expertise, although I do it. I've, I've done a lot of plans for people for burial insurance policies and then life insurance as a whole. I can do it. I can do it, but it's not my specialty. So I wanted to bring someone in that that's their, their specialty, their niche that really um, would have a lot to say and a lot of good information for you, from, and you can, so you can hear from a different ex- perspective. I know, I know a lot of you have really enjoyed the interviews that we've done in the past, but pretty much every single person we've interviewed has been a Medicare person. This is the first time we're having anybody on that's not a Medicare person, a Medicare specialist, an expert in Medicare. Um, so this will be interesting, and I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to go really well and watch out for that episode. Watch for it. Folks, as always, if, if you are on Medicare and you live in Utah, Idaho, and Florida, those are the three states that my, me and my company are licensed to work with you in. If you're on Medicare and you're not sure if you're on the best thing for you, just would like to know, have more clarity. Um, if you're turning 65 and you're just kind of lost, confused, just don't know which direction to go, and you live in Utah, Idaho, and Florida, Call my office at 801-255-5340, 801-255-5340 for a free no-obligation consultation if you'd like to talk with me. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to be able to help you if I can. I can't help everybody. Depends on your situation. Everybody's different. Um, Or shoot me an email if you're more comfortable, if you'd like to ask me a question. At Christian C H R I S T I A N. B is in Boy at Xmission.com. Christian B at Xmission.com. Christian B at X M I S S I O N Mission.com. Christian B at Xmission.com. Um, as always, folks, thank you for listening. Appreciate you. You folks are wonderful. You drive the bus. And we're we're just reaching so many people and helping changing so many lives as far as having this information out there and available for people to access all over the country, all 50 states. And we're putting the power back in your hands so you know what you want to do and you know what options you have and you know what to look for and you know the the ins and the outs. Okay, so I'm really happy about that. And I'm so excited for what the future has to come with this podcast and I think we're just going to help a lot of people. We have a movement going here. If you'd like to help us reach more people though, Please, if you're listening to us on a, pod, on a platform that allows you to do so, please leave us a review. A five-star review is the most beneficial. Um, so that way we can be more relevant and help people. I mean, we're the second most relevant Medicare podcast on the internet right now, but we'd like to be number one and we'd like to reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to bring you another episode on Saturday. Have a great week.